Hi, welcome to this Property Life podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor, coach, and mentor. Each week on the podcast, we talk to inspirational people about their adventures in property, and we discuss the latest hot topics in property investing. This week, I'm joined by the fabulous Jerry Alexander to help anybody listening that may be feeling a little bit lost as to the best way to get started on their property journey. This comes off the back of the fabulous Property Wealth Systems Summit, which took place last weekend at the NEC in Birmingham, in which Jerry and I were presenting alongside a whole host of other experienced investors and mentors, talking about everything from serviced accommodation and hotels to raising money to commercial multi-let strategies and commercial to residential developments. So when faced with so many amazing ways to make money through property, how on earth do you decide on the best one for you? I'm talking to Jerry to find out. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. How are you? Morning, Mark. Great, thanks. Yep, good Good. to see you. Excellent. Yeah, so um, we thought this would be a timely episode to record, didn't we? We were both um, presenting at the Property Wealth System Summit last week. It was last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, last week. Not not long ago at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a it's been a busy week, but um, but yeah, last weekend at the NEC, which was a fabulous weekend. We had I think over a hundred students in the room, um, so some great networking going on, and and some really really good information in the room. So I did some stuff on service accommodation and hotels. You did a fab presentation on commercial, the CMO model. Um, but the but the students were really exposed to lots of different strategies, weren't they? There was other, wasn't there? Yeah, other commercial stuff. Yeah, commercial to resi. So I, you know, I've got no doubt that there were people leaving the weekend thoroughly inspired, but also maybe a little bit confused or, or head spinning a little bit as as to what's the best way forwards. And um, that felt like a good time to jump on and talk about that, didn't it? Because I think that's relevant to all of us at, at different times in in our, in our own journeys, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I'd agree. And, and during the conference there I remember talking to a few people um, off stage and stuff and there was there was lots of excitement in the room lots of people with great ideas and things they wanted to go and do but you could also see a little bit of the fog descend because they looked yeah. a little bit panicked about which strategy do I do first which yeah. strategy these are all so good of course when you open Pandora's box and all these different things come out that you never even knew about um, you can see why people get really excited but also just a bit daunted about what do I choose what do yeah. I do next? So yeah, it, it's good just to maybe cover that today, yeah, and just mean let people relax a little bit in terms of not getting too stressed about what they should be doing and actually ending up doing nothing. Yeah, which, it, is, it a, can, which is a risk. It can be a bit of a rabbit hole, can't it? So you, yeah. you start going down the property rabbit hole, and yeah. suddenly you realise there are just so many options, so many different strategies, and there's great examples of people doing awesome stuff within each strategy. And it's very tempting to sort of be a little bit like a kid in a sweet shop, I think, and sort of yeah. bounce from one idea to another and and, and not settle on, on, on a clear direction. So how important is that, do you think, to have a clear direction and to stick to it? I think I think it's vital when you're starting off because you've got to get traction. You've got to get some momentum. Mm-hmm. A lot of this business is built around momentum. And yeah. sometimes in those first few few months, year or so, it can be frustrating because things seem to be going slow. But once you start building momentum, it really makes a difference. And momentum is in different things, isn't it? It's not just in terms of turnover and activity on, on in terms of actual investments, but it's also building up your power team, building up your um, 
your funnels for for projects and finance and all these different things that you need to put in place and if you are jumping from one thing to the next or or in my property um investment strategy with commercial multi-let if you're going to loads of different areas to look at lots of different projects the problem is you never get under the skin you just can't get deep enough to work out what's going on so it's really important you get started with one strategy or two strategies and you really get that momentum going then start bringing in other ideas and other things yeah exactly it's because you mentioned right at the beginning you said about um just helping people relax a little bit and, and not get too stressed about it because i think sometimes <clears throat> maybe we put ourselves under too much pressure certainly when we're starting out to choose a strategy as if that's all we're ever going to do yeah you know i've got to pick the one um that is going to be the answer to all of my 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 challenges all of my life goals the reality is I think that we your, your strategies may well change or you may add more strings to your bow as you move through and as you as your goals change as your as your objectives change. I know that certainly happened with us. We started off in the biotelet HMO market and and of much more recently in the grand scheme of things started to look at serviced accommodation as our goals of, as we've achieved certain benchmarks. Yep. And then other strategies spool up alongside that. So I think sometimes we're, from the outset, it's, it's important to have a clear direction, but don't feel the pressure that that is all you're ever going to do. <laughs> yeah, interesting question for you then, Mark. How, the students you've worked with, how many yeah. of them have generally started off with buy to let and then evolved into some of those more, um, I guess, more development type investments? Yeah, I, what, I would say that the majority. I mean, it's... Uh, it, it's a, it's a sensible place to start, isn't it? In the sense that when you're starting with the smaller deals, particularly if you don't have, which applies to most people coming into this process, if you don't have a background in construction and, and property and everything else, then cutting your teeth on some of these smaller projects where um, you get to learn your craft, you get to understand the process. And it's a process that underpins a lot of the more advanced strategies. That's yeah. that's what I think is key, is that the, the, the process we're following with our, our latest hotel development is is the same process, just with more zeros attached to it. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same idea. Um, and you cut your teeth on that with some of the smaller projects. At the end of the day with that, if you slightly uh, underestimate a refurb budget for example which happens to all of us you're not going to lose your shirt over it you know it's um you're going to learn important lessons that you can take forward to then do bigger projects i mean everybody's circumstances are always different sometimes people have a really compelling reason maybe it's something within their professional background or something about their goals and the time frame in which they need to achieve them that means that um you know they need to start looking at slightly more advanced strategies for want of a better term sooner um within their within their journey and i think then it's about surrounding yourself with the right people and having the right power team around you um but i think the majority yeah, will start with those smaller deals you know within each strategy so if they start you may find the same thing so people within commercial potentially cutting their teeth on smaller projects and building up yep. to the big yep. things same within the residential space yeah i'd agree um, I think while, while you're talking there, I'm just thinking in my head, probably about 95% of the commercial students I've worked with have some kind of residential experience, probably yeah. a portfolio, but not always. Yeah. But there is definitely that percentage who go straight in. I mean, there's there's 
guys and girls that I've worked with who are just, no, I'm not doing residential. This is what I'm doing. Um, here's the reasons for it. And they've gone and done it. So it's not impossible. Um, I, one of the things that I've learned over time when I look back, because I started with, with Resi as well, is that you you initially start off with that process of going with a strategy. So you're looking at property with this hat on. Say, let's say it is buy to let. And you're, you're looking at each and every project with that framework, right? Will this work for buy to let or for buy refurb and refinance? And what it does, is it means that you miss some opportunities that could have worked in a different way, as an example, SA. But it doesn't mean that, you know, you, it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, you've, you've failed. It just means that over time, as you learn these other strategies, when you look at buildings, you then start working out what's the best use for them because you've got this kind of um, this set of tricks in your bag of different ways of approaching a project. So eventually you start looking at buildings and particularly in commercial where you've got all this, so many different options of what you can do with properties. You start looking at them with a, a higher level viewpoint of could we do SA, could we do um, commercial, buy to let, what, what's the different strategy we could do here? But it's just, again, have that patience for yourself that over long, over time, sorry, if you're really going to get serious about property and you want to make it your main thing, that you just slowly add these strategies in. Yeah. You just keep going back to the table, learn a bit more, learn a bit more about a different strategy. When you go out to the field, you've not gone in with a cookie cutter approach. You've got an arsenal of different yeah. strategies to use. Yeah, I think And have you found, Mark, when you're yeah. looking at buildings now, that you're looking at them in a slightly different way in that you're... I guess, first of all, assessing the basics, like, you know, um, what, what's the title like? Does this building actually work? What's the location like? But then you're kind of looking more, well, which strategy is going to work best on this one? It's so interesting you say that because this literally happened to us yesterday. So we Absolutely. viewed a property yesterday that we had at, has been on the market for a long, long time. I reckon I first looked at this property. I didn't view it, but I, I, I you know, I had a, a good old nosy around it. And I think I spoke to the agent about it. Oh, it must be over a year ago. And at that time, we were dead set on a certain strategy. So we were looking for properties that would fit that model. Um, and this, it became clear reasonably reasonably early which is why I think we didn't arrange a physical viewing that this just wasn't going to we weren't going to be able to configure it in the way that we wanted um and you know so that so that sort of was put on the on the back burner and now that we have we're sort of adding another niche to that strategy as it were suddenly you look at a property in a fresh new light and we were going back through some of the some of the stuff that we'd looked at previously, had a look at this one, and, and it just jumped out of the page. And it was like, this will be absolutely perfect for all the reasons it didn't work yeah. for the previous strategy. Suddenly, it potentially ticked all of those boxes. Um, and, and it's just because exactly that, just because we suddenly sort of um, looked at another niche strategy that we could bring in and it worked for all those reasons. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's really relevant. And you may well, if you're too blinkered, you may well miss opportunities uh, to do something quite special with a property because you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. 100%. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people in my space will look at commercial and say, right, I'm going to convert this to residential. So everything's yeah. focused on commercial to residential and they miss the opportunity to maybe actually do commercial lettings. You yeah. might have to reconfigure, but you just got to work out what the market demand is and then reconfigure it for that. And, and it could be yeah. a wee bit um, 
I guess frustrating for people when they, they look at a building, they maybe decide I'm not going to do this. Somebody else buys it and they're kind of sitting back and thinking, right, well, they've paid overpaid for this one. Yeah. But then they recognize, hold on a minute, they're doing something completely different with it. That works. <laughs> but that's yeah. what happens with experience, isn't it? So, yeah. Mark, during the conference, I had a few people coming up who were, as I say, talking excitedly about different strategies, but really starting to feel like they're in the headlights and didn't quite know what to do. How were you? How, did you have that yourself? What what were you sort of advising people or, or suggesting yeah. people should do? And it's really interesting because I put the say, so knowing that you and I were going to catch up this morning and record this episode, I put it out to our Facebook community at, at Property Well System as well. And there were a couple of people who jumped on with some questions for us there as well. So Matt from Devan Dwellings um, is in exactly that situation, I think, very inspired by all of the options available to him but like a lot of people coming into this process isn't immediately able to focus on property as a full-time profession he's got a young family he's holding down a very busy day job and is a little bit lost as to where to start and I think that um, what's most important when you're in that position and certainly when you're first starting out is to always bring this back to your goals so what what's your objective what you and not just your financial goals what, what, what are your lifestyle goals that you're looking to get out of this? Because, you know, there, there's a certain there's an order, isn't there, in the way that we operate as professional investors. So we've talked about having this arsenal, this toolkit of different options, which I think you add to and you grow as you become more experienced. But when you're starting out, I think it's really important you focus on the goal that you're looking to achieve, which may be just the first benchmark. It may be that financial security figure. Can I pull in? Um, enough income from from property so that I'm um, you know I'm covering my day-to-day living expenses and then I find a strategy that works for that and an area that works for that strategy and only at that point do we start to look at property you know because really we're, we're, we're focusing on what we're trying to achieve and I think that's really important so if you're you know genuinely strapped for time you know young family long working hours then you know, trekking four or five hours to a, to a buy-to-let area just may not give you, you talked about momentum, Jerry, it may not give you the traction that you need, that it may not allow you to spend the time that you need embedding yourself in that area to be able to really get that strategy off the ground. Now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of people who do that, plenty of people working very busy jobs, traveling long distances to their investment area. We've certainly done it. But there's also been aware of these other strategies and picking something that works for you. And there may be a strategy that actually, yes, it's a little bit more advanced, but can work a little bit closer to home that fits your life goals. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I like to call it investment criteria. Yeah. So you you basically work out what it is you want. The, the, as yeah. you say, that's the number one question. What do you actually want out of this? Yeah. And then your investment criteria can kind of form around that. And as you say, it might be that, for instance, I'm looking for cash flow, and I don't want to be spending a lot of time on it because I've got this job that takes a lot of time and yeah. there's a big income to replace there. And some people are in that situation, you know. And so it might be that it doesn't have to be close to home because they're not looking at adding loads of value. They're just looking at adding more passive income. So the area can be a bit wider, but they can be looking for properties that are maybe tenanted, nearly tenanted, whatever it is. It's just slightly they're more vanilla. They maybe not got quite as much high return that somebody coming in might want to do if they've got less money. But if they're in that situation where they've actually got quite a good cash flow from their job, then your criteria starts developing, which is, well, I need something more passive. I need something that, that doesn't have to be necessarily at home. 
and I need something with a certain amount of return, whatever number that is. Yeah. So then that's the criteria they judge everything by, because then when they go out and look at an SA development that's just down the road, they start. You need to. You can then look at your investment criteria and say, well, actually, SA for for me while I'm getting started, maybe just too much activity. Yeah. So actually, you can just score that one off. Hmm. So when you've got that investment criteria, it allows you to judge opportunities when they come along based on where you're trying to get to, rather than um, just seeing the shiny penny. Yeah, that's really good. That's important to, uh, to understand. It's it's often about knowing what to say no to, isn't it? Yeah. You know, what, what doesn't. I mean, it may sound <laughs> really great, difficult. Yeah. That, <laughs> I find that really awesome. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome strategy, but it just doesn't fit my doesn't fit my model. Again, we had that recently. We were looking at a, another hotel development and, um, you know, it would have been one of those that would have sort of been all consuming for the next two or three years. And for the objectives we had within that time frame, there were easier ways. There were more efficient ways for us to achieve that that kind of income. And at the end of the day, a strategy is just a tool, right? It's, it's a tool to help. But this isn't about, well, for most of us, this isn't about investing in property for property's sake. It's about using property as a vehicle to achieve our our life goals, our family goals, our goals to create a legacy, um, all of this kind of thing. So, but having said all of that, here's an idea. How important is it to choose something you like? And it yeah. sounds like a crazy question, but I think sometimes I, I've seen this a lot in the service accommodation world. People get dazzled by the numbers um, and, and the potential for high returns from service accommodation. Um, and they think, well, I'll have a piece of that. But there's a certain, like you said, there's more moving pieces. It's more hands-on. There's a mindset involved in service accommodation where you've got to really love that, the business side of things. Um, so how important is it for you to actually choose a strategy that you you enjoy and that you feel passionate That's about? Such a good question. I think that would really come down to the individual and what they're willing to put up with. Yeah. Because <laughs> their investment criteria may mean that they have to do a certain type of strategy first to yeah. get either yeah. cash flow going or capital to yeah. then move on to the, the secondary strategy. Yeah. So for me, Mark, I've always wanted to do up old properties, like 200-year-old buildings. Yeah. And, and I, I really love the history going through these buildings, peeling back all the layers that have been added over the years and finding the, the original structures. I just love that. It fascinates me. However, I, I do know that they don't make as much money as the more vanilla, sometimes less attractive buildings. So I, I just conscious that as I build my portfolio, I need a mix of those two. One yeah. that cash flows well and one that I really enjoy doing. I mean, they still make money, but just I know the opportunity cost is quite high, but I'm okay, I'm okay with that because I really enjoy doing those projects. Yeah. So it, it is a bit of a balance, but you might have to, at the start, put up with some nonsense yeah. <laughs> to get that momentum going, yeah? yeah? If I'd started off with historical buildings, they would have slowed me down because yeah. the cash flow is just not as good. And you, and right. The problem is you have that, that there's more risk with them. Because they're, yeah. they're they're more difficult to um, quantify when you're just looking at the start of the process, and of course you don't quite know what you're going to uncover. Yeah, I think that's right. And so, in reality, the answer to the question is twofold, isn't it? In that the, the strategy is a vehicle. Um, it, it it doesn't, you know, we, we we talk about not you know sort of going for that shiny penny in the street and going for that. It's not. I know you talk about this with your commercial stuff. It's not necessarily the. Um, the, the, the beautiful old properties that, that that are the best deals. Sometimes it's the uh, the ugly ducklings that actually create the best returns. So 
there are going to be there are going to be tough times there are going to be times when certainly when you're starting out and you're trying to get that momentum which takes a while to create when you will be questioning yourself and you're thinking what on earth am i doing and why am i putting my family through this and why am i <laughs> you know dedicating every minute of my spare working life to 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 get out and, and view smelly properties so you know it's you know, it helps if you're passionate about it, but I think more importantly, it's about having a strong vision, isn't it? Yeah. It's your vision that you need to be passionate about because, yeah. you know, th- th- it, this isn't all going to be sunshine and roses. You know, it's uh, it, it can be tough, particularly when you're trying to get your first deal across the line, you're trying to get agents to take you seriously. Um, you know, there's a lot of slog yeah. involved when in, you, in getting when that. When you're getting a lot of news, that's yeah. that's when you're really tested. Yeah. yeah. And new, of course, just means, you know, didn't work this way, try again. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean no, go home. But it can be challenging. Yeah, mentally, it can be really difficult when you're getting started. I think, was there um, any other questions there, Mark? Yeah, there was. There was one. Um, there was one from Jackie actually uh, on on the community page. Jackie from Hearn Holdings. Uh, actually, while well, I'm going to defer to you on Jerry because it's uh, very much around the commercial strategy. Um, so that's a, that's a strategy that she's uh, very interested in getting into. Um, and you did allude to this earlier about your about jumping around different investment areas because I think what she's finding is that. The stock compared to Resi, I guess the stock of commercial property is a lot lower. So, how should she go about staying focused on? How does she determine her investment area, or is it just that the investment area is bigger because the stock levels are lower? Yeah, part of that will come back to the investment criteria. How far away from home do you want to be going? Yeah, you know, distance-wise, are you looking for passive? Are you looking for active income? And then. You really just have to pick an area, I'm afraid, yeah, and get under the skin. Because what it will do is it will teach you lots and lots of things about how commercial property works, how that particular market works, where the gaps are, where there's over um, oversupply. And it will, it will allow you to then look at a new area and get under the skin much faster. So it might yeah. be that you invest your time in one area. You don't actually do a deal, but you've learned loads. So when the right building comes along, you're ready to do it. Yeah. And and I think if you're not, the thing interesting thing about commercials, you can go quite far down the process of looking at buildings without actually spending any money. Yeah. You can go. You can go and view them. You can go and start doing some cash flow analysis. You can start dealing with the titles. You can start negotiating on the price. The only time you've really got to start spending money is when you have to pay a lawyer to really start going through the title or when you actually have to do a survey. But that's quite far down the track. Mm. And the thing is, if you don't go far enough down there, then when the next deal comes along, you have to start from scratch. You have to start with that same um, level of, um, I guess, scaredness because mm. you haven't gone down that process. So my, my advice always is just go as far as you can so when the next one comes along, you're comfortable with that process. You've already done it. You may not have bought the building, but you've gone all the way down that process. And you may find that that investment area doesn't work for your strategy. You might need to change the strategy. Or B, you then have to flip over to a new investment area. But you've got to get in the swim and start doing these activities to really get to understand what's going on. The worst trap you can fall into, I think, is the whole grass is greener, isn't it? That, yeah. You know, it's it's... You know, I'm looking at this opportunity in this area, but yeah, there's. I've just seen a commercial property over here which could work really well, and yes, there are going to be deals all over. 
you know, and it's about really, like you said, getting under the skin of your area, learning the tools of the trade so that when you need to then go and analyze another area, you can you can deploy your sort of due diligence machine yes. so much more efficiently <laughs> um, than, than, than you would do otherwise. Um, and you're going to be missing some stuff if you're just jumping around looking at properties. That's why we talked about that order, goal, strategy, area, property. Um, and that's that's key, isn't it? I think that's the most important yeah. And at the end of the day, it, you know, as we said earlier about momentum, you, you're going to have to build up relationships in these areas. You have to, I mean, a lot of commercial, we're talking about commercial, a lot of that is done off market. Mm. And the only way you're going to find that is getting in the swim and talking to people, yeah. getting out in the streets, meeting agents, all that sort of stuff. And it takes time. So just be patient, focus in on yeah. one area, get good at doing that. It may be that the teaches you that that area is not going to work for you and you need to go to another area but the, the network you've already built will help you identify that yeah but if you don't focus on one area you'll never get to that level <laughs> exactly so uh, and i think to bring this back full circle the headline message for me the, the take-home message really is that this is totally normal we all we all you know when we're starting out i can certainly relate to, to those feelings and you know when you start to to look to pivot and achieve different things we all have those times when we're a little bit unclear as to what's the best foot forwards kind of thing so it's totally normal but also it's a positive right is you know to have an awareness of all of these strategies yeah. is really really important and i i genuinely feel that this is one of the most important things that differentiates us as professional investors is the fact that we have this toolkit of potential strategies, ways to use property in different ways to create income um, so that, for example, if market conditions were to shift, we're able to shift with it and deploy the most appropriate strategy at that particular time. So it's not about just picking what, what you're going to do and sticking with it, having those options is a positive thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it means you've been stretched. You've been uh, uh, offered more different ways of dealing with different um, problem buildings, as I like to call it. Problem buildings are, are the things that I really look for because somebody can't work out and they, and they tend to be best value. And your um, strategies, mixed bag, hopefully will have something in there that sorts out. But the most important thing is you have to keep going back to the table. You know, to learn these other strategies, but just even if you've clocked a few during the conference, you're like, right, I really like that. I really like that. Okay, keep it marked down. Go and learn some more about it, but keep focused on your current strategy that you're yeah. doing. Just knowing that you're going to go back to the table and learn about that one when you're yeah. ready, and that might form part of your roadmap somewhere down the line as your as as you have different objectives to try and achieve. But don't yeah. let it distract you from your core focus when you're trying to build that momentum when you're starting out. Fab, great work. Great. Well, I think that hope, I hope that helps. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I think that's a key message to get out there off the back of the summit, but also for anyone out there that's listening and is feeling a little bit unsure as to how to get started and, and how to, you know, sort of move forwards with their property journey. Hopefully that helps you get a little bit of clarity. So thank you so much for your input, Jerry. That was uh, invaluable as always. Great to talk to you, Mark. And I will speak to you again soon. Cheers. Will do. Take care. 
I am sure that there'll be plenty of people listening who will have resonated with this episode. I really hope that you've taken some value from what was discussed. Another way to understand your chosen strategy even better is to network with other like-minded investors and experienced individuals that have trodden that path ahead of you. You can certainly find all of that over on the Property Wealth System community on Facebook and also on the Property Wealth System YouTube channel, which is a phenomenal resource for anybody investing in property. Head on over to check it out and hit subscribe to make sure that you never miss an update. Same goes for the podcast. Please like, share and follow wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks again for listening to me today and I will catch you on the next episode.